Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuck. We're here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, is Kirby Smart getting enough credit? Does Justin Fields provide a unique problem for the Falcons? And maybe it's time for DeAndre Hunter to slow down on shooting the three ball. It's all next. Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by Bet Online. Head to youtube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta in your search browser when you get there. Hit that subscribe button as we're headed toward 5,000 subscribers. Leave us a comment. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Leave us a five star review there. Roku and Amazon Fire. Yes, you can check us out on those platforms as well. And of course, give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. So I had this discussion. I, I had to fill in on some radio earlier this morning. And I asked the question about, I said, who was the, who is right now the SEC coach of the year? Is it, I asked, I said, is it Josh Heupel or is it Brian Kelly? And the answer I got back was Kirby Smart. And I started thinking about that a little bit. And maybe this is a really good problem to have. But if we're being honest, the best team in the SEC, and let me expand it, right now as we sit here on November 14th of 2022 in the year of our Lord, the best program and the best coach in the country are in Athens, Georgia, and the University of Georgia. And it got me to think a little bit. You know, while I understand that Kirby Smart came into this year with the preseason number three team in America, is he maybe not getting enough credit for the job that he's done? You know, if you think about, you know, in some ways, look, they had 15 guys. So they set the NFL record for most guys drafted in one draft. 15 guys that leave five defensive starters. So almost half your starting defense was picked in the first round of the NFL draft or drafted overall. And then you start thinking about where he's at this year. Six-year quarterback coming back, that they are turning the reins over, reloading at running back. Oh, yeah, their tight end room is the best tight end room in the country. They have two guys in Washington and Brock Bowers that are some of the biggest mismatches in all of college football. And don't look now, their defense has been outstanding this year. When you look at Georgia on the season, they are seventh in the country in scoring and second in the country in scoring defense. So they score the seventh most points of everybody in college football and only give up the second most on a week to week, or second fewest, I should say, give up the second fewest on a week to week basis. Maybe Kirby Smart is the coach here. Maybe it's time to give him a little bit more love. And I started thinking about this over the weekend. And I'm not trying to get too deep into it just yet because I think we do have a ways to go. But how far are we if Kirby Smart wins the national title this year? And I believe they're the best team in the country. I think they're the most complete team in the country. I think they're the most balanced offensive team in the country with the running and throwing. How far are we away from saying that if Georgia wins another national championship, 
How far away are we from talking about Kirby Smart as being the best coach in Georgia history? Now, look, he's got a ways to go to match Vince's win totals and all the SEC titles and everything that Vince won. But I would argue this three, four-year run that Kirby's on is as good as anything that Vince Dooley ever had. And really, if you want to get specific about it, Vince Dooley's best three-year run without question, was the Herschel Walker era. Obviously, they won the national title. They were in the mix for two more national titles, right? No doubt about it. And I still think to this day, as I've watched for half a century now, I still think Herschel Walker is the greatest college football player I ever saw in my lifetime. I've said before, five best college football players that I've seen in my lifetime. Herschel's on that list. Bo's on that list. Reggie Bush is on that list. Tim Tebow's on that list. And Brian Bosworth is on that list. I think Herschel's the best college football player I've ever seen. But outside of that, yes, Vince had some pretty good teams. But what Kirby is doing with the guys that have come in and out of that program and where leaving college early is more of a thing than it was in Vince Dooley's era, this run by Kirby has been outstanding. And it started me thinking, look, Georgia's undefeated the clear-cut number one team in the nation right now. As great as Brian Kelly's been, and I know it's a big surprise in that always factors into it. They're a two-loss team right now. And I understand the surprise of Josh Heupel, because I think Josh Heupel, I think Josh Heupel is probably the SEC coach of the year and very much a contender for national coach of the year. But maybe it's time to give Kirby a little bit more love for what he's done. While Alabama has stubbed its toe, while, you know, again, you look at Clemson stubbing its toe this year. Georgia has rolled right along. And right now, I know how good Ohio State is, but you you wonder sometimes, I, I, said, I said this last week, the number one reason Ohio State won't win the national title is because of Ryan Day. I think Ryan Day at times is a very good play caller. I don't think he knows how to use all of his personnel. Well, they just scored this, understand, they scored 21 against, Northwestern and their defense really won them the game against Penn State. Not saying they were going to lose either one of those games, but for the last couple of weeks, they've had way too much personnel. You know, they had way too much personnel to have gotten bottled up against Penn State Northwestern the way that they did. So I think right now that you would be hard pressed to try to tell me that there's a better program and a better coach in college football. We're not talking history and all time and all that kind of stuff. We're not talking about over the last 10, 15 years. We're talking about November 14th here in this afternoon in the year of our Lord of 2022, that Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs are the best program in America. And maybe that there is something that it's easy for us to kind of just dismiss how good Georgia is. And look, they win back-to-back national titles. One of the few teams in the history of college football to have done that. And you think about all the kids they're going to lose, right? All the NFL draft picks, the Keely Ringos, the Nolan Smiths. Oh, yeah, Jalen Carter, don't look now, may be the number one overall pick when all is said and done. Think about this little run that Georgia is on. Think about where they're at. Still one of the top recruiting classes in America. And this is not a matter of bearing Alabama or bearing anybody else. It's just I, I think we kind of have gotten to where we expect that this Bulldog team like we've always wanted, right, isn't sort of in that fluctuating, are they in rebuild mode? It's funny to hear Nick Saban talk about last year's team being the rebuild team 
you know, when he's sitting with two losses out of the playoff now. But Kirby's in that sweet spot of window. So, I don't know. I mean, could you make a case that Kirby Smart's the coach of the year in the SEC and in the country? Absolutely. Are they doing more than what's expected of them? I don't know. You know, they came in number three in the nation. They sit at number one. And to me, they're the clear-cut favorite to win the national title. Maybe we got to give Kirby more of his props. Maybe it's time to include him in more of these discussions for SEC and National Coach of the Year. Because I think they go in the playoffs. I think they go in the SEC title game 12-0. They're a playoff team no matter what. I want to talk about my friends over at Bet Online. Listen, you want to get in on all the action. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports wagering information. So no matter what you're involved in, you want NBA basketball, NHL, college football, pro football, boxing, golf, esports everything is available to you to get in on at betonline.net so it's very simple take that mobile device right handy little dandy mobile device head to betonline.net today check out all of the information that they have to make you a smarter sports better for instance you want scores you want stats you want podcast news and information everything is available at betonline.net so head to betonline.net today get in on all of the action become a smarter sports better and Check out all the different things they have available for you to jump in and be a part of. BetOnline.net is where the action starts. So I got in this conversation with somebody about this weekend's Falcons game, right? They play the Chicago Bears. And there's a lot of buzz and hype and hoopla over Justin Fields because of what he's done on the last couple of weeks with his legs, right? 325 yards on 28 carries over the last couple of weeks. It's outstanding. And people are asking, you know, well, you know, what's the Falcons going to do or this, that, and the other? He's this unique challenge. Is he, though? Can I tell you, if we're being honest, Falcons don't stop anybody. You know, first off, when you look at Justin Fields' passing numbers, take, take yesterday's passing numbers. 12 for 20, a couple of touchdowns, an interception, and three sacks. You know who that is? That's number one for us. That's That's what our guy does. 12 of 20, buck 67, you know. Now, again, he might run for 45, 50, 60 yards, may not be 147. But here's the thing. He's run for 325 yards the last couple of weeks. He's been an outstanding option all this and the other. You know what the record is the last three games? 0-3. They've lost three straight. They lost yesterday to the Detroit Lions. And it's not a matter of, blaming somebody or whatever, or this, any other, they're not a very good football team. I don't care if they got Justin Fields quarterback and Sid Luckman, uh, you know, Jim McMahon. I don't care what that, they're not a very good football team overall. So is Justin Fields this unique challenge or whatever like that? No more than what we see on a week to week basis. Did you think Dante Foreman was going to be the challenge that he is? And he's run for three fifty against the Falcons. I get what Fields has done. I understand how good he's been with all of this. I I understand completely that he's been outstanding with his legs. His passing has been basically the same as what Marcus Mariota is. But they're three and seven on the season. Does that mean the Falcons can beat them? Yes. Does that mean the Falcons can lose to them? Yeah, duh. We just lost to Carolina. We just lost to a Panthers team that doesn't have a whole lot of talent. And they found a way to just run it right down our throat. So, look, Justin Fields, no doubt, is a problem. And there's no doubt that he provides some different challenges. 
But as a team, they're not very good. I mean, look at our D. De- Let's start with our defense first, and we'll preview the game later in the week on that. But we give up the most total yards in the NFL, the most passing yards in the NFL. Well, I think 11th uh, most rushing yards or, or maybe 11th fewest rushing yards in the NFL. They give up a whole crap ton of yards on the ground. They've given up, I believe the Bears have given up the second most rushing touchdowns on the ground. You know, neither one of these teams is coming into this thing exactly red hot and all that good. Falcons are coming off arguably their worst game of the year. Bears have lost three straight. They just lost to Detroit yesterday. So while I get that, you know, and again, here's going to be the other narrative that we're going to have to hear all the time. Well, you know, the Falcons should have taken Justin Fields. All right. Well, due respect, our franchise would be better right now if we'd taken either Micah Parsons or Panay Sewell, maybe even Rashawn Slater, but we can have that discussion for another day. I don't, I don't regret them not taking a quarterback last year. With all due respect, the, the here's where the Bears are. The Bears fired the GM that took him. They're uh, three and seven this year. They weren't good at all last year, whether field started or not. Their organization's fledgling. The arrow is not upward. Whose organization is more arrow upward? Falcons or Bears? <laughs> That's easy. Falcons. It's not even close. Anybody think the Bears organization is any good? After they just traded Roquan Smith? Anybody think that their organization is arrow upward, even with Justin Fields? It's not. It's not. They're not a better organization. That's why I got mad about bringing in all of these Bears players and Ryan Pace and those guys. They're not a better organization than what the Falcons are. Their owner's not better than what the Atlanta Falcons are. So while I get Justin Fields, you know, it, it's going to be emotional, right? Because here comes the kid from Marietta coming back home, right? Played high school here in the state and in the city. Was at Georgia for a little bit before transferring, obviously, up to Ohio State and I get it. I understand the emotion. But with all due respect, this is a bad football team. We talk about the idea of, you know, if Arthur Smith is going to tell us, as he did in his press conference, that, hey, we're not changing quarterbacks or anything like that because we're still in the hunt. It's not time to panic. We're still in the hunt. We're still in the playoff mix. Okay, cool. You have to beat a team that's worse than you at home then. Because if you lose back-to-back weeks against Carolina – and the Chicago Bears, then a lot of that narrative that the coach wants to spin goes out the window. A lot of that is hasta lasagna, don't get any on you. So, again, yeah, it's great what Fields has done. If you're a fantasy football owner, you know, that's great. But guess what? For all of those numbers that he's put up these last couple of weeks, you know how many games they've won? Bupkis. They're on a three-game, not two, three-game losing streak right now. So they come in here, honestly, as a hot as an ice cube. And again, they're playing a team that right now, after what the Carolina Panthers did to them last week, I don't know if they're going to stop the run, not stop the run. I don't know what the defense is going to be this weekend. Dean Pease can tell me about sacks. or the Okay, let's get to the quarterback. Justin Fields has taken, I think, five sacks his last two games. Let's go get the quarterback. So, again, there's no reason why. Whether Justin Fields runs for five yards, 500 yards, it hasn't mattered. They haven't won. For all the records he's setting, they haven't won when he's done all of that. And it's not like they're playing the tippy-top of the – it's not like they lost last yesterday to the Kansas City Chiefs or the Minnesota Vikings. 
they lost to the freaking Detroit Lions. So it ain't like that they're playing the tippy-top best teams in all of the NFL right now. And the Falcons win? Yes. Does Justin Fields provide a problem? Yes. Like every offense provides a problem for this defense. You know, the defense that was supposed to be top 10 and all the stuff that we're making progress and all this and the other the coach. And I love Dean Pease. I think he got out in front of his skis a little bit about where they are, where they can be. But Justin Fields, it is what it is. They can beat him. Obviously, you can beat the Bears if he runs for 170 yards. You can beat the Bears if he runs for 150 yards. What you can't do is let him throw it all over the yard. You turn the football over. Can't sack the quarterback. If you can't do any of those things, you basic things that you have to do week in, week out, won't matter. Won't, won't matter who's back there. It could be Mike Tomzak back there. If you let all quarterbacks go off on you and huck it all around in the NFL, you'll lose. So I know it's going to be emotional. We'll see what happens with Justin Fields this weekend, but we'll preview that game, obviously, a little bit later on in the week. All right, we remind you, after you've made Hitting Hard with John Chuck with your first listen, make sure you make Locked On Sports today your second listen, biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on our Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast from. So as the Atlanta Hawks, it seems like here lately we're either playing the Philadelphia 76ers or we're playing the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, I was looking again after the other night's game and just starting to look at some stats with DeAndre Hunter. And I think DeAndre Hunter has been off to a a nice start for this team. But I kept looking at the box score and thinking to myself, maybe maybe he's trying to do too much from the outside. Maybe it's time to reel in the three-point shot. Now, if you look in the month of October, DeAndre Hunter shot 50% from the field, 44.4% from three-point. He was 12 of 27 in the seven games in October that he played in from the three-point line. This month, in the month of November, he is six for 24, 25% from three-point land. And his overall field goal percentage has gone down. But here's the interesting thing. He only attempted in seven games, 12 free throws in the month of October. So far in the month of November, in six games, he's attempted 23 free throws. So let me help Nate McMillan out. Let me give a message to DeAndre Hunter. Stop shooting the three, start going to the basket. You know, I remember opening night against Houston and watching him be aggressive and have that aggressive nature and getting to the basket and making plays. That's his game. Let that be a bigger part of his game than what we're seeing here with him shooting the three ball because he's having some awful performances of late. And with all due respect to DeAndre Hunter, his background isn't that he's such a good three. It's one thing if Trey Young goes through a stretch of games where he doesn't shoot the three ball well, okay, keep shooting. You'll work your way out of it. Hunter's not the guy that's your traditional, okay, I can score a whole bunch from the three-point line. That's my game. Go to the basket. For a team that doesn't do a great job of drawing a lot of fouls or getting a lot of free throws at times, Hunter's one of those guys who can get to the basket and create some things, along with Trey Young and along with DeJounte Murray. Those guys can get to the basket and create some havoc. Do that. The fact that he's doubled, more than doubled, 
in one fewer game, the number of times he's getting the free throw, that's a good thing. That's a good sign. And I would much rather see that style and profile of what DeAndre Hunter is than to stand out there and go 0 for 3, 1 for 6, 1 for 4 from 3. That's not his game. And I understand everybody in the NBA today, you know, huck it up from three and all that. I understand that that's the way the game is played. But be that traditional kind of forward that you play really good defense that we know and get to the basket and cause some problems and get some other players in foul trouble. So if I could send a message to DeAndre Hunter, who I think's off to a nice start this year, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the start that DeAndre Hunter has gotten himself off to. Because again, as we've talked about, it's important for him to get off to a good start and be a part of this. And right now, his 15 points a game, that matches his career high. His um, 3.9 rebounds per game, that's a little bit off of a couple of his career highs. But he's not, he's again, less than one rebound per game off of his career high. But that three-point shooting percentage, you know, is the second lowest of his career right now. And for the month of November, he's been a disaster. But he's getting to the basket, and he's creating some problems, and he's getting to the free throw line. He has almost as many free throw attempts this month as he does three-point shot attempts. And he's been a lot better at the free throw line. At least at least for the month of November, he's in the 77 percentile of making free throws. I'd much rather have him doing that than shooting the three ball. Now, again, we said this last week. It's a good start for the Atlanta Hawks thus far. You know, it's up, down, this, any other. You know, like a lot of teams are going to struggle with Philadelphia, right? But right now, the Hawks, as we're, you know, 13 games into this, they sit at eight and five. They've got Milwaukee coming up tonight uh, as well. Like I said, it seems like all they play is Milwaukee and Philadelphia, and that seems to be the only teams that they got playing on here. And we talked about how the Hawks' schedule is going to be tougher and tougher. But if you're not making your three ball, there's no reason to keep firing it up. You got plenty of guys who will shoot the three. Plenty. The Hawks aren't looking for more guys to just keep firing up threes. You got plenty of those guys. You want Griffin. You want Trey. You want DeJounte. Hell, you want John Collins. He'll fire up threes for you, right? Wait till they get bogey back and, you know, start hucking it up with him as well. But for now, instead of trying to shoot yourself out of this three-point conundrum or whatever, you know, kerfuffle that you're in right now. Keep doing what you're doing. Get to the basket, make things happen, make plays that way. Because the Hawks need more of that. They they need more of getting aggressive. The Hawks are not a good team about, you know, as far as getting referees' attention and being able to draw fouls, right? We see too often that Trey Young gets knocked around, beat down, and all that good kind of stuff and just don't get themselves enough to the free throw line. I like what DeAndre Hunter has brought this year. I like the fact that he is scoring more. I like the fact of his aggressiveness. You saw that early on. I like the aggressiveness that DeAndre Hunter is putting out there for this team. So I'll give a message. Stop shooting the threes. Keep headed to the basket and find yourself getting to the free throw line and getting more scores. All right, we thank you so much for making Hit Hard with John Chuck for your first listen every day. Make sure you make Locked On Sports today your second listen, of course, big stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It is free and available on our Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast uh, information from. And, of course, don't forget, head to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta, 
into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button as we're trying to get to 5,000 subscribers. Be a part of our ever-growing community. Leave us a comment. Free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, Odyssey. Check us out on all those platforms and leave us a five-star review. Roku and Amazon Fire, you can catch us there on those platforms as well. And then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. 